0: Trump was inaugurated yesterday. Protests are raging today. Are they real or are they astroturf? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6 is my normal slot. Tonight I'm on from 4 to 6. So if you're just tuning in, that's good news. We're just starting but we are live, so you can call in. We are going to talk about the Trump inauguration. I want to hold his feet to the fire on some core American principles, and I want to know if you feel the same way and what those the make or break critical path items are for you with a Trump presidency, 404 872 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. But there is lots of stuff going on this weekend. It's a big football weekend. It's a big weather weekend. That can be a tricky combination. So stay tuned to WSV for news, traffic, and weather all weekend long. But on a national level, and also to some extent on a local level, the inauguration was the big news yesterday, and the protests are big news today here in Atlanta and in D.C., getting lots and lots of press. Uh, there were, Last week I did not have a show, but that was uh, also big news, this crazy dossier by the British spy Christopher Steele. We did not have a chance to talk about that, although Binkley and I did do a Propaganda Report podcast. If you want to catch that, it's on propagandareportdaily.com, where you can get all of our podcasts also Hits we write every day about the interesting, eye-catching stuff in the news, and also the podcast of this show. So, if you miss this show, can't keep up with the changing times, you can always go to propagandareportdaily.com dot com next week. For example, I'm not even on Saturday; I'm on Sunday from one to three. So, if you can't keep up, just go there and check it out, Binkley. If people want to help us get that. Uh, our shows and our podcasts up the search engine list, what can they do?
1: They can go to uh, com and subscribe. They can click on that Apple, subscribe on iTunes, and then tell all of their friends about it, spread <laughs> it on Facebook, whatever.
0: That's a great idea. You know, because we don't act, advertise a lot or anything like that, but if people subscribe, it really does a lot to kind of um, increase the exposure. So that's great. And we also do a lot of communicating that way. So you can comment. Tweet, tweet at me at Monica Perez Show if you want to talk about what's going on right now with Trump. And what I, I really want to talk about these protests, but first I want to talk about the inauguration and the speech. There, two things happened, obviously, yesterday. The, Trump and Pence took their oaths of office. They put their hands on two Bibles each and swore to God to defend the Constitution. Pence actually swore to more than that, and I, I kind of want to break down those oaths maybe later on in the show, how very serious it is to take an oath like that, and if they, it's possible <laughs> that it was broken already. I, I think Trump's first law that he signed, the first thing he signed into law, was an exemption for General Mattis to be Secretary of Defense because he's only been retired a few years it's a very fundamental constitutional principle to separate that they didn't have a secretary of defense at that time. So it's not written into the Constitution. But the idea that civilians should be in charge of the military is very fundamental to our kind of system. But I don't you know, I, I don't think that is the end of the world. I really do not. But I do think it is going to be very hard to maintain those oaths to defend the Constitution. I, I mean, really, at this point, it would be. We have to take it back. We have to restore it. So that's going to be a challenge for these guys. I realize there are real political pressures that they have to deal with. And I know that Trump is going to have a lot of real political pressures. So when I looked at his – when I listened to his speech, he made this inaugural speech yesterday – his guy, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, who's the new Valerie Jarrett. <laughs> it's uh, an interesting position. He's an interesting guy. I did write a piece about him on com. if you want to check it out. And we maybe can talk about it later if you're interested. But he said that Trump's speech would be Reagan-esque. So I was all excited because I was a big fan of Reagan. I, I was a little girl, but I cried when he was shot. And his first speech was awesome. And so I went back, and I listened to Trump's speech, and I listened to Reagan's first speech, and to me, they were very different, that Reagan talked a lot about smaller government, about individual rights and responsibilities, and that that was the basis of of progress, of economic prosperity, whereas Trump's speech was more about who controls a government, meaning the people, he says, you have to control the government. That's more, in my mind, of a European concept, that the answer to the inevitable corruption and cronyism at the top is for the people to control government and control those nasty capitalists and such. But the kind of my libertarian perspective is that it's the government itself that allows privilege and cronyism to get out of control as it has been. So as with so many things with Trump, it could go either way. And for me, it really, really could go either way. And, This is what I mean, that we have this opportunity because he has, if you are to believe the reports, a low approval rating, which means that if you're a Trump supporter, he really needs you. And if he needs you, he could uh, he's going to have to listen to you. So he's going to have a lot of pressure groups behind him telling him what to do with his power. And you can be a, tra- you know, the Trump supporters can be a pressure group to tell him the same. And what I would want and what I think Trump supporters really do want, regardless of how I, you know, the vibe I get from his speeches, I feel Trump supporters have the same basic principles as Tea Partiers and Libertarians and Constitutionalists. They want small government. They want freedom, personal, economic. And, and that we're going to have to hold Trump's feet to the fire on that. Then I look at these protests and I see something unfolding that I saw under the Bush W era, which is he was attacked so much by the media and the press that even I would just knee jerk defend him. I would dismiss anything his opposition said and I just defended him, even though he instituted ridiculously non-libertarian policies from curly light bulbs to endless war. But I tended to give him a pass because I was defensive against a hostile media. And I really feel like these protests might have the uh, maybe intended consequence by the people who are behind them of getting the right to, to defend Trump blanket, blanket defend him and not keep their eye on the ball of what the fundamental principles are, kind of give him right cover, give him a pass from the right of doing things like increasing the debt, increasing government spending that we don't want. So what I want to do is take this show or some time to focus what would be the make or break policies or items of a Trump presidency. If we're going to hold his feet to the fire the way that lobbyists and other power groups are focused behind him, we had, would have to be focused in front of him. So what would you focus on? 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, do we have some tweets that are on point with that?
1: Yeah, we do. Free Dog keeps it pretty simple. He just wants to uh, make sure he sticks to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights.
0: I am 100% for that. I'm actually an anarcho-capitalist. I, I believe that we have entered the realm of pathocracy, where the government works against us, and they have so much power that we could probably never have a just government. But if I do accept the American experiment as a great compromise, look at the Constitution, look at the Bill of Rights. If ever coercive monopoly government were to work, it would have to adhere to especially the Bill of Rights. But that in itself is going to be a tall order, because just about every single one of those amendments are in the crosshairs, and the one that the left and the right should be converging on right now, they both have abandoned, which is the 10th Amendment, which restores the rights. That was another thing in Reagan's speech. He said, the states established the federal government, not the other way around. We need to take that power back. He was shot soon after, (laughs) I might point out. Do you have any more?
1: Yeah, Alpha Insider wants to fix the VA, give land to the states, dismantle the CIA, and hold the FBI accountable. So say that
0: again. I I heard some of it, but just for the.
1: Fix the VA, give land back to the states, Mm -hmm. dismantle the CIA and hold the FBI accountable.
0: Those are absolutely great, great goals. I think you might (laughs) be asking for trouble (laughs) when you tell the CIA you're going to dismantle it. (laughs) But I do think that it is in the cards to focus the power of the intelligence agencies at the top. I think that whether Trump knows it or not, that's. Where he's headed, at this level, they there an office? It was actually a stated goal slash plot. I think it started with Colonel House, who worked closely with uh, Woodrow Wilson, was his handler for the globalists back then, which was a critical turning point, where they said what you have to do is particularly control the State Department, but basically control what the president sees and hears and knows like the president can't spend all night. certainly couldn't a hundred years ago, but even now can't just surf the internet all night. He's everybody, people consolidate the information for them. And in that, because of that, he's vulnerable to the people who curate that information. So, so when he talks about consolidating the intelligence agencies, if they do concentrate all, I don't think anyone ever said consolidating, but it seems to me they want to tighten them up uh, And focus where the information is coming up to Trump, I think that that can be a little bit dangerous because he will be easy to it'll be easy to control what he thinks is true. And that in itself can influence his decision. So dismantling the CIA might be fine. And uh, it just it would be replaced by something. And I'd want to know what that is. So, okay, got one more.
1: Yeah, this is my favorite one, the bitter one. He he wants to hold him accountable on Hillary for prison.
0: Oh, that's great, because every time you see her, she just stops wearing eye makeup. <laughs> I notice that, like, maybe because I'm a chick, I notice things like that. It's like she immediately stopped wearing eye makeup. We all know mascara is the key <laughs> to a good look. So if she's giving that up, I can only think it's to have uh, a... A sympathetic demeanor so that people give up the uh, locker up chance. So it could be, it could be, I don't think that's going to happen. Peter in Atlanta, I'm going to get to you next right after a quick break. He wants to talk about these oaths. What I'm talking about when these these guys take the oath and if they can live up to it. We're going to talk about the protests, go to more go to more tweets and your calls 404-872-0750. 1800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: We are talking about Trump's inauguration and holding his feet to the fire. What is most important to you for Trump administration? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. wsb is 60 degrees outside the studio. It's a four on the Mellish meter. There is a severe weather alert in effect, so check out WSBRadio.com for affected counties. And stay tuned for the weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am going to go to Peter in Atlanta. Hi, Peter. You're on with Monica.
3: Hey, thank you for taking my call, Monica. I am uh, hoping you'll clarify your point about sticking to their oath. I, saw, I thought Pence and, and Trump were very sincere uh, when they took the oath. I, I watched the entire event. Um, and I truthfully did not understand your final point regarding the oath. You, you seem to be leave it sort of dangling or vague
0: yeah I' choppy.
3: you were very choppy <laughs> presenting your <laughs> argument
0: i was not i really didn't mean to present the argument I was kind of teasing to having this conversation in the show, which i'm absolutely happy to have and uh i what my point was and i Pence seemed super duper duper like uh like boy scout style sincere and i didn't i i was not detecting any insincerity. I was just saying it is a difficult it's going to be a difficult thing to do because first of all the constitution has been so absolutely gutted and ignored it's almost impossible you know what's even left but but even if they wanted to say let's take the 4th uh, amendment or the 5th amendment is the one that's in the crosshairs right now this due process thing watch lists and no fly lists are a violation of the 5th amendment do you think they're going to uh, eradicate those abolish those immediately
3: Oh, um, uh, you don't mean the amendment. You, you, you're talking specifically about, about uh, no-fly lists.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the Fifth Amendment is violated by having watch lists and no-fly lists. And I feel like, uh, how do these guys even go about reversing that policy? Do they really want to? We can talk about it. 404 872 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. Larry wants to talk about Obama's view towards the Constitution after the break.
2: It got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
0: I am your Libertarian Voice on WSB, usually Saturday afternoon. Next weekend I'll be on Sunday, 1 to 3, but you can get the podcast of this show and also my online podcast, Propaganda Report, at propagandareportdaily.com, so you shouldn't have to miss anything. But we are live on air right now talking about Trump's inauguration, and specifically if If we are going to keep hold his feet to the fire about what we want from him and give him the popular support, the mandate to resist all the pressures that he is sure to come under, what are those priorities? How can we stay on the same page? What is the make or break thing that you want out of a Trump presidency? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I am going to Babette. Hi, Babette. You are on yeah, with Monica. Hi. How are you, Monica? Good. How are Listen, you doing?
4: What I wanted to say is I
0: watched that inauguration and I
4: compared it to the wonderful Obamas of last uh, four years ago and even eight years ago. And I'll tell you, I never saw more statues in all my life. I compare the Trump family to a bunch of plastic uh, statues that Obama, his wife. They have no feelings. They don't show feelings, and that's the problem. Um, The Obamas, when they danced together, you could see they they felt something. Obama, you could really trust. You felt when he opened up his mouth. You you had somebody that had some uh, morals and ethics and brains behind what he spoke. Trump speaks out of 80,000 corners of his
0: mouth. Well, I have to say, Bebette, I get the feeling that you – because you like what Obama says, you feel that he, he's sincere and it makes sense. I never – I actually had a different feeling about the Obamas. I, I do feel like Obama was more polished, more charming, and uh, I think in the beginning they had a little problems with Michelle, and they had to kind of uh, shape her image. I agree, though, that – Trump's delivery was a little was stilted was a little halting I guess would be the word I feel like he was um he's an off-the-cuff guy so what he was trying to do was deliver with that sincerity that he normally has a speech that was written for him and and I actually think there were some words put in there that were not natural to him and I and one of the clips I pulled of the speech I pulled for the content I I I thought it was a kind of contrast of what I was looking for, which was more a Reagan thing. And Reagan, when you go back and look at his first inaugural speech, I mean, you can tell that guy was a polished speaker. I don't know if he wrote that speech for himself, but he wrote his own speeches. I have a book of his speeches in his handwriting, the drafts of the speeches. So for him, and and even when someone wrote it for him, he was scrupulous about going through it and making sure it reflected his point of view, and that really came across in his delivery. But what I liked about the Reagan stuff was that at least he paid lip service, if not being totally sincere, which I think he might have been, at least until they tried to kill him. That he cared about taking government back from the federal uh, federal government into the hands of the people or the states. He talked about small government. He talked about individual liberty. Whereas I felt like with Trump's speech, he talked about how to use the power of government for the people as if the power, the money had to be. It's really a European idea, in my opinion, that that I I feel like the way Europeans think of democracy is a way for the people to control the aristocracy. Whereas in America, I think we recognize I certainly do that. That a free market actually eliminates an aristocracy. That that kind of cronyism, that kind of one percenterism, is a result of privilege that that the government enforces. That that a free market is like a race to the bottom. And I really felt like those were fundamental differences in in the tone of the speech. But I want to let's listen to this uh, Trump speech. The first clip.
5: At the center of this movement is a crucial conviction that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Americans want great schools for their children, safe neighborhoods for their families, and good jobs for themselves. These are just and reasonable demands of righteous people and a righteous public.
0: So for me, I don't, I don't think of the government as delivering schools and jobs. I'm a hardcore libertarian and I believe in the 10th amendment, which says if you want that stuff, you need to go to the states, not the federal government. So it's a little bit different for me what my expectations are for that. Uh, but it's, it is, it's, it is in my opinion, uh, a game, like anyone's game. Anything could happen with Trump. I think that's always, even his supporters feel that way, that that he is gives us hope, but he doesn't have a track record of delivering, like for me, Ron Paul. He is not uh, a, he hasn't been in the political arena and stood up for the Constitution. I'm not saying he won't. I'm saying it's a challenge, and I think the way to make him realize that he is there For people who believe in that is is uh, is kind of that vigilance that uh, Thomas Jefferson called for in keeping America free. This is an opportunity where vigilance, I think, would actually have some some return because he does need the support of the people who put him there. I'm going to go to Kelly in Atlanta. Kelly, you're on with Monica.
4: Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I just wanted to kind of add a comment towards um, what you had said about the violation of the Fifth Amendment, the no-fly list, and the watch list.
0: Yeah. Um, So let me just say, Kelly, earlier before the break, I was saying these guys took an oath to defend the Constitution, and I think the number one thing that's going to be in the crosshairs this year, or at least in their first four years in this administration, is going to be all all the First Amendments, all the amendments in the first ten— uh, amendments, the Bill of Rights are going to be, are now in the crosshairs, have been gutted, neutralized, and continue to be at risk. I think the focus right now is on the Fifth Amendment trying to eliminate due process, taking away people's liberties without putting them on trial, without giving them a chance to face their accusers or to argue. So that's what we're talking about, and here, go for it with your thoughts.
4: Well, just along the line with, um, I think his name is Peter, talking about the fly list. I I do agree that it is a violation of our Fifth Amendment. For no reason should you have that violation. But at the same time, it's the president's job to um, serve and protect our nation. And if they feel that that's necessary to monitor uh, the airports the, the transportation systems as far as who can and who can't, who's questionable – I think that is just them trying to protect us. And I, I mean yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, finish finish one. <laughs> I mean I think everybody is entitled to their own opinion own opinion and if they feel like they are unjustly being um, accused or monitored, they have that every right. But at the same time it's for the mass majority of us who are constantly on that transportation system and it's for their protection to where we don't go into another mass attack or mass terrorist attack.
0: Okay. So here's my response to that as a libertarian. I don't look at, the government took over. <laughs> All those airports are built with government money and that's not necessary. As a libertarian, I feel like private enterprise provides air transportation and. That you would have the opportunity to decide if you think something's safe or not. I, for one, am on a watch list. When I got married and took the name, my husband's name, Monica Perez, it's such a simple name. It's a, it's a common name. There are a lot more than what my maiden name was. And I was on a watch list. My birthday did not actually match the birthday of the person on the watch list. It's not really me and they knew it, but I kept missing planes because in order to discover that and resolve that, Over and over again, they would take me aside until finally I just went back to my maiden name. But I, you know, that's an injustice, and there's no reason for having a a a system where I can't fight that. If I could fight it, it would be very difficult to get it off. And in a private system, there were even on nine eleven there were rules against the kind of profiling that a private company should be entitled to do. I'm not a big fan of that kind of policy and. Maybe I would weigh the pros and cons of that if I were to be a customer of an entity that did that. If you think it's a national security issue, you know, that's another, that opens up another can of worms of what I think has now become a total pathocracy, where the government knows that in order to get you to buy into this fundamental violation of the Bill of Rights, which we both admit it is. You need to be very scared of something that cannot be controlled in any other way. And that gives the government motive to not keep us safe. It gives them a perverse incentive. So for me, we have reached a point where the government is the danger. And and that was one of the first things Ronald Reagan said in his speech. I'll play for you in a little while. That government is the problem, not the solution. He was talking economically, but I think from a security perspective too when they go and blow up foreign countries and spread terrorism and refugees like wildfire all around the world that's the danger to us is their actions and and the more scared we get the more we empower them and i think it's a perversion i am gonna go uh to line one in brookhaven uh sorry i don't see your name who's on line one all right i'm gonna Skip that and go to Jim and Conyers. Hi, Jim. You're on with Monica.
6: Boy, I feel horrible for line one. I'm stealing their spot.
0: Sorry. Line one will get back. <laughs> I, I'm sorry about it. I shouldn't have clicked on it without seeing that I, I don't have the name. So what you got, Jim? couple things. Number one is uh,
6: the people who put Trump in office, of which I am one of them. I first voted for Cruz in the primary, but then uh, when he was knocked out, I voted for Trump. And my position is, is that uh, the people that we, first off, we don't need to hold Trump accountable. We need to hold the people that are going to stop his changing of the what's gone wrong in the last eight years, like the media and the established Republicans. We need to we need to keep the pressure on them.
0: So you don't think there's any risk that he is influenced by some of these kind of uh, advisors, some some disagree with him. I mean, I mean, some are openly in disagreement with him. Some are. Uh, I mean, the secretary of state was the sitting CEO of Exxon. I mean, that could make that guy's advice tainted. And But you feel like Trump is absolutely 100 percent knows the right way to go. And you agree with that way. And it's only people standing in his way that are going to be the problem. I'm not challenging you. I'm just clarifying.
6: No, clarify all you want. It's real simple. What we've had is eight years of a guy who put his foot on the neck of private business and was proud of doing it. We've had eight years of government. Well, the last 8 we've got, had, a lot of years of the government out of control, but we've had eight years of of the mainstream media pumping out nothing but fake news. Nothing but fake news. The media has become a propaganda mill, and Trump, Thank God he stood up to him and said, you're liars. And when's the last time you saw a Republican stand up to the media and call them them liars and prove that they're a liar?
0: They don't. I have a quick question for you. Do you want him to take the boot off the neck of business or give business a hand up?
6: I want him to take first the government boot off of business. Yes
0: that I'm and, 100% and, for and,
6: and and then i think business can do just fine if government would get the heck out of the way but the other point i want to make is did you ever see the movie absence of malice with paul newman and sally field no Absence of Malice was put out in the early 80s, and it was about how newspapers made up stories and they destroyed this Paul Newman character's life by making up fake stories. And the, and the lawyer for the media company, the newspaper, said, well, you can't sue us because we're absent of malice. Well, huh. that's, a le- that's a legal term, and the simple fact is we're absent of intent. Well, I, I propose that the yeah. media is full of malice and they're yes, full
0: of. I agree with that. And actually, I've been talking about fake news as the mainstream media for years before it was even a thing. I So I'm completely with you. I totally think it's intentional, and I think it's on both sides of the aisle, which makes me wonder how Trump got in with those guys validating his anti establishment um, platform. That is really going down the rabbit hole. But uh, I got to take a quick break. More calls and tweets at Monica Perez show after this.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB.
0: We are talking about the Trump inauguration. What do you expect and how are we going to keep him focused? 404-872-0750, wsb talk the high today is 69, 58, the low overnight. There is a severe weather alert in effect. Check out WSBradio.com or stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So we've been kind of all over the map talking about a lot of different things here. And what I want to focus on is that is what Trump is offering his supporters. Because now I don't know if I believe this. Approval rating stuff, polls obviously have really taken a credibility hit in the past year. Not that I ever really believed in them, but they're somehow it's uh, really unbelievable now. But they say that Trump's approval rating is very low; It's forty percent. And my feeling is that if that is the case, and he has a lot of these conflicting pressures. I mean, he's, they all get these pressures, and he's going to have conflicting pressures. There are factions in the Republican Party, which we all know, that want more war and are in bed with their cronies and all that kind of stuff. And then there are the voters who want small government, who don't want any more of that nonsense, who don't want the government to work for them. They just want the government to get out of the way. So Trump, I think, needs to hear that message. And there are very specific ways, I think, that he can – expressed through legislation or executive orders or whatever mostly repealing that stuff where he could say i hear you and i am really for small government even though i don't say it a lot 404-872-0750 800 wsb talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show
3: this is your last chance after this there is no turning back you take the blue pill the story ends You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to do. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
5: In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule, that government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else?
0: I just love... (laughs) The way Ronald Reagan puts things or put things, and that was before his assassination attempt, so I tend to think that that was the real him. He didn't fulfill, I think, the promises of his inauguration in many respects. I think government did grow, but I feel like the deep state was at work. But, of course, I always go down that rabbit hole. I'm always taking the red pill. This is Monica Perez. I am the libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday afternoon when I'm not moved around because of sports. Next week I'll be on Sunday from 1 to 3, but if you lose track of the show, you can always get my podcast of this show and of my online show, Propaganda Report, which I do with my producer, Binkley, at propagandareportdaily.com. So how are you doing, Binkley?
1: I'm good. I'm hanging in there.
0: Do you have any tweets for us? What we were talking about is that the promise of a Trump presidency, if we are to hold his feet to the fire, make sure he does what's right. I've had some calls that say he's definitely going to do what's right. It's just we have to worry about the people who might stand in his way. I'm not so sure about that. I think he says stuff that could be interpreted either way. I think he's a pragmatist. I think he wants to do what's practical, whereas I think that what's practical is also the principles of the uh America's foundation, as expressed by Ronald Reagan. I'm a libertarian. Obviously, I really, really care about these principles. I feel like Uh, liberty, free markets, personal individual liberty is the solution to the problem of cronyism, of government power, of even unfair corporate power some is fair, some is unfair, using regulations to keep competitors out is bad, using tax codes to benefit the guys who contribute to campaigns, that stuff is bad but I feel like liberty and a return to the constitution would fix all those problems I'm not positive Trump Sees it that way, so. Uh, but I feel like his voters do, and that's what I want to focus on. What do people want from him? But I'll, I'll take comments on any any topic people want to tweet or call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Go for it, buddy. NOYB,
1: 2016, he says that Trump needs to st- stop supporting terrorist groups. America does, and that will tell him if he is establishment or not. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, because that was the thing. I think it was General Kelly who just got confirmed, did he not? As um, I should remember this. The Secretary of Defense is Mattis. Uh, Kelly must be the intelligence guy. You'll have to check on that for me. But he was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency in 2012, when they put out a document that said they wanted an Islamic state in order to justify unseating Assad. So I don't know if he had anything to do with that memo. I mean, people come up with stuff. It might have not been squarely under his purview. But the fact that that there are elements of the government, of the deep state, of the military-industrial complex who promote strife in the Middle East in order to further the goals of their corporations or their private interests, that's a big, big problem. And I think that's the main driver behind our foreign policy, which is why it makes me nervous that the Secretary of State was the sitting CEO of Exxon. To me, that's a real conflict of interest. And if Trump can demonstrate an ability to rise above that and do what's truly right and not fall for those false arguments i think that will be a tell i agree with that tweet so let's let's oh my gosh the lines light up (laughs) i always feel like i say something controversial and i don't even know which which thing it was but i had missed peter on line one earlier so i'm going to go to peter and brookhaven hi peter you're on with monica Uh,
3: thank you for taking my call monica uh back to your point about uh upholding the oaths of office um I, i think it's an issue of uh, a, a congressional issue as far as due process, as far as making law, as far as I understand the, pre- uh, the president has to enforce law. However, it's up to Congress if there's if there's problems with the Constitution, problems with the law. Problems with, it, 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 it's a matter of due process to Congress, making law, changing law, and using and implementing due process.
0: That's an That's absolutely... Fantastic point because although the presidency has gotten increasing amounts of power, it really should not. The Congress has abdicated its obligation to be the one, the gatekeeper on war. They don't have declarations of war anymore. The president kind of takes that into his own hands. There are lots of things. Uh, Administrative law, the entire body of administrative law, one of the first things Trump did was suspend all new regulations, which is kind of par for the course. They do that. They want to change the direction from the predecessor. But the fact that all that those regulations, which are legislation without a legislature, it's legislation made by the executive branch, the fact that he had that kind of power is in itself a violation of the Constitution. I don't Agreed, hold him agree. responsible for that. You do agree with that?
3: Yes, too much yeah. power. He had too much power.
0: How yeah, much and that's not his fault had? either.
3: No, I'm saying Obama had too much power. I mean, how much well, but it's
0: always the presidency have... is getting more and more power over time. I'm reading a book recommended by Binkley about it says Liberty and National Security, written in 1950, and it lays out specifically. It's a Yale. Lawyer who wrote it, it lays out specifically how they want to increase the presidential power to move the power, specifically move the power of war from Congress to the president, and that is yeah, what
3: yeah, It's reckless. It's reckless. Yeah. And uh, not only that, but um, you know, it's imperative on on the president to use good judgment. It, it's uh, and it's imperative on Congress for oversight.
0: Yes, but, and even the Supreme Court has too much power. The fact that the Supreme Court is, is really the thing that determines elections, I would say, when push comes to shove. I feel like the balance of powers is, uh, really should be weighted heavily in Congress as to how it was set up, and it, and it hasn't been. It's gone. It's, uh, it's been, uh, transferred to the other two branches, which should, should just be the, uh, enforcers, the checks, but, Thank you very much for the call, Pete. I'm going to Kim in Hampton. Hi, Kim. You're on with Monica.
4: Hey, yes. Um, You had said something about uh, having the Fifth Amendment being violated, and I just wanted to have clarification on what situation or what event took place in order for the Fifth Amendment to be violated.
0: What do you mean? Like what prompted them to violate it, or how do I believe it's it's being violated? How is the Fifth Amendment being violated? Violented. Okay, yeah. that's a great question. And I'm, uh, people always talked about Gitmo, which are not US citizens, not having due process of law. And it's easy to dismiss that because they're not US citizens. Then you get into a tricky world where you're talking about the Bill of Rights not being a recognition of God's given rights, but of government given rights. But I only view it insofar as it was a slippery slope. It introduced this concept of not having due process against people. It's it's the stepping stone to pre-crime. So the Fifth Amendment, the relevant portion, is uh, that no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. So when you put somebody on a no-fly list or a no-buy list, so they can't fly in a plane, they can't buy a gun – or I, I think what's coming is a no-post list where they aren't going to be able to communicate in social media. Right now it's focused on radical Islamists, but it's going to next be people of questionable mental capacity. I absolutely see in the crosshairs veterans who've had traumatic episodes. They, they will be targeted because they are the people – who most threaten a, a tyranny is these guys ha, are courageous, and they have the skills, and they've already put themselves on the line for freedoms, and when they see them violated, they're going to be resentful, and uh, so – they are a danger. I see a slippery slope there. And I feel like these, uh, watch lists and no fly lists and no buy lists and no post lists, like these are all ways to say, if we don't like you, we're going to start taking your liberties away. And we're, we don't have to take you to court and prove that you've done anything. And that's pre-crime. It's tantamount to thought crime. And, uh, and that's no good. Thank you for the call. Uh, John, I in Atlanta. Hello. You are on. Yes.
7: Uh, I just wanted to make a couple of comments. Um, I noticed while I was listening that we have a perfect example of what I feel is two very large types of uh, citizen group in America that are threatening our republic. Uh, One is young lady Babette, who came on, and all she had to do was swoon over Obama and how he danced so nice and he spoke so eloquently and he made her happy and feel good. And Trump made her feel bad. And there was no substance whatsoever. She had nothing to say about what they had to say and their ideals. It was all how she felt. These people vote their feelings, and it's killing this country. And the other was the only lady that followed her who was totally willing to allow the country – to, and I'm sorry, the government to violate our Fifth Amendment right because they just want to protect us. And she's the type of person that doesn't understand the Constitution, why we were founded, what the ideals we were founded on, and the limitations our government is expected to have placed upon it. And she's the person willing to trade her freedom for safety. And, and
0: both of those, I think, both of the, the problems that you're seeing are a result of uh, a systematic, intentional diminution of people's ability to think critically to have civic responsibility I'm going to take a quick break I'm going to continue to address that and I also want to get to David who wants to talk about the difference between no-fly and watch lists this is Monica Perez
2: Monica Perez on news 955 and am 750 WSB.
0: 59 outside the studio, tomorrow's high is 68, and there is a severe weather alert in effect. So go to wsbradio.com or stay tuned to see if that weather is going to affect you. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, the weekend prize pack, let's do that. That's always fun, a way to lighten things up. We have a four-pack of tickets to the Great American Motorcycle Show January 28th and 29th at the Cobb Galleria Center and a four-pack of tickets to Clark Howard Knight at the Atlanta Gladiators game on February 4th at the Infinite Energy Arena. The first to call 404-741-0750 gets that. And I wanted to comment on something somebody mentioned earlier just about all the fake news and the controlled media and all that, which I have been complaining about forever. And I remember when I marched on Washington three times for Obamacare, it was really jam packed. And the coverage, even on Fox grossly underestimated. I felt the volume of the crowd there. I could be wrong, but I think they were saying like 25,000 people. And it was definitely more than that. Definitely. And, uh, and this time, so this weekend is significant because there's a big, the Women's March in D.C., and it's being it's being covered here, but yesterday, anti-Trump protests were being covered, not so much here, but massively in Europe. Like, if you went to BBC.com, that's all you saw. You didn't see pictures of the inauguration or anything, just people in black riot gear with anarchist flags, which was very European-oriented, in my opinion, and... Uh, but there's something else going on in Washington right now. It is this weekend is the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. So every year, the rights Life has a big march in Washington. It's called the March for Life. And if you go and that's a big event, it's on the mall. And it'll, it usually does get undercovered for sure. But this year, it seems that it's not being covered at all. I went to Fox News to see, and it was all the Women's March, because I just wanted to see pictures side by side. I wasn't trying to catch them or anything. I was just trying to see pictures side by side, and I couldn't find any pictures of the Right to Life March. So I searched Right to Life March. Zero results. I searched March for Life 2017. Zero results on foxnews.com. I mean, it's hard to get zero results on anything on Fox. It had March for Life 2016, but it wasn't covering it this time. So... Even if you think that news on the right is on your side, I think that they are up to fun and games too. That's why I'm so skeptical, so suspicious that what you see is what you get. But what do you think? What are we really going to get? 404 872 0750 1 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
6: Look, just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my $2.75 back, please, Brad.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB.
5: We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward... A new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs, will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs.
0: This is Monica Perez. (laughs) Hi, That was a, a clip from the inauguration yesterday of Trump. I am a hardcore libertarian, so when I hear uh, the leader of our government saying he wants to make decisions for specific people, even everybody, I understand why that's appealing. But I'm a small government person. I don't believe in the power and promise of government. I don't want to take the government back to give me mine. I feel like that's a European concept that power at the top is inevitable, and we need to counter it with more power at the top. So in order to fight the one percenters or the cronies, we need to use government. I prefer the message that Ronald Reagan sent, whether he lived up to it or not, you could discuss, but... This idea that smaller government government is the problem, not the solution, and the solution lies in smaller government, which I do not think Ronald Reagan actually did deliver, although he certainly delivered some prosperity. I'm not saying it couldn't work, that central planning could not work. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it, it's unsustainable because to concentrate power at the top like that makes it ripe for hijacking. Which is what the protesters seem to not realize. They created this monstrosity, this biggest government, this super powerful presidency, and now they're worried about it. And, uh, and they should be looking to the 10th Amendment, but I fear that they're going to be looking for uh, a globalist government. But I was talking earlier about this march on Washington of the, this women's protesters, and I got a message offline that, Uh, during the break saying from a woman who said she thinks peaceful protest is so important as a method of uh, exercising our control over government. But she was disappointed that these women kind of morphed this whole movement into a single issue or a, you know, must be pro-abortion, not even pro-choice because they uninvited a pro-life group. And I, I just wanted to uh, point out that most, presidents, or every president since it's become a thing under Reagan, reverses the policy of the previous president if he was of a different party in this Mexico City policy. So Trump is expected to, and I think when I was saying like you want to hold his feet to the fire, do you expect him to follow through on things? This Mexico City policy is the rule that U.S. government agencies cannot support financially foreign agencies that promote abortion. So Obama reversed it. Bush reversed it. The Republicans do not allow U.S. agencies to fund foreign abortions, and Democrats do allow it. So will Trump reverse it tomorrow? I think so. He's expected to. But these are the little details that we should stay aware of if you're a, uh, a Trump supporter, and then not be distracted by the protesters lobbing around really emotional uh, arguments, really getting people defensive just to knee-jerk defend Trump. Let's keep our eye on the policy that we want from him. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, do you have a tweet for us, at Monica Perez Show?
1: Yeah, in reference to who the uh, people protesting are today, Access brokerage, brokerage, brokerage says that they could be a well-funded band of criminals George Soros employed for the day. Well, George Soros
0: has been known to hand out flyers of how to be a protester. The masks certainly look like the things that were in. He used to recommend hoodies. Now it looks like everybody should be all geared up in black garb. And when I saw these guys smashing the windows of Starbucks, I thought, those are not American protesters. No. <laughs> 'Cause that's where they that's their tavern, you know, that's where where our founders met in the beer taverns and talked about liberty. The millennials meet in the Starbucks and talk about protests. So why
1: so angry at Starbucks?
0: I don't you know, maybe you jack those guys up on caffeine and you <laughs> gotta take the consequences. It's, I don't know. So okay, I'm gonna go to some calls. I'm gonna David and Buford. David, you're on with Monica.
8: Hey Monica, this is um <clears throat> this is Sound System David, if you remember. And I wanted to first Thank you again, as I thank you that night, uh, for getting my, doctor, uh, my daughter back interested in politics.
0: Oh, yes, people. David, you did yeah. the sound for when I was on Liberty on the Rocks last year, yeah. which was at um, in Roswell at the Harp. And I'm going to do that again this year, so maybe we'll all I'll, – when I pick a date, I'll tell everybody, and hopefully you'll be able to do that. Thank you, David. That was excellent. I, I appreciate it. I want to tell
8: people to yes. plug it wherever you see Monica go. You need to go see her. Nobody speaks more cogently and succinctly and thoughtfully than Monica does about politics and current issues. And it's way better than the pablum you'll get on the
0: newscast. Thanks, David. And I do remember you were saying you took your young daughter to this pub where we were talking liberty and she was trying to pay attention to her phone and all of a sudden you saw her listening and wow.
8: Yeah, I was, I was really impressed. However, I do need to disagree with you a little bit. Um, on, on the Fifth Amendment thing, uh, well, look at the original question is, is Trump going to do what he says he's going to do? Jury's still out. I went from the position of being a never-Trumper um, all through the convention to becoming an actually Trump supporter about uh, three weeks before the election and actually doing some work for him. And what I have seen since then I'm encouraged. I'm a die You're an anarcho-capitalist. I'm a <laughs> diehard conservative. And what I see so far makes my conservative heart very, very happy. I am jury still out. Is he going to do everything he says? I don't know. Is he going to do everything we want him to do? Probably not. But.
0: Give me one. I want to know about the Fifth Amendment thing. But first, if you would please give me one item that makes your heart happy, and I love—I love to have disagreements. So bring it. And okay. I'm not even going to disagree with you. I'm just curious. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm gonna. I just want to know.
8: Yeah, Dan Coats, entire in, in charge of intelligence, outside person, highly uh, thought of and and very deeply studied in the issue, but has been outside. Um, Washington for quite a while. Uh, he's yeah, he's really old,
0: right? I have he's to dig Mattis. into him. Yeah, I have to I, dig into him. I, I noticed that. I flagged that. I really want to go through all the cabinet choices and see which ones I like and which ones I don't like and, and maybe Mattis. do a whole show on that.
8: Mattis, I love... Uh, yeah, he's, he's deep military and I understand the you know the industrial-military conflict uh, problems, the slope that's there. Yeah. However no kid that is going to re- that is ready to re-up in the military is going to give a thought to abandoning like they are now in droves and have been for 18 months they are going to re-up when it's a soldier soldier that is leading them up front and going to let them fight.
0: not to mention I read a very good article recently about how it's the civilians who seem to feel like I, there was a famous Kissinger quote about soldiers being um I don't remember the quote but it was mainly that they were fodder they were just who cares Exactly and so there's a flip side of the argument which is military guys might actually see these people as human beings whereas the civilians who are uh, so often these super powerful civilians are physical cowards and really don't think twice about it they would never put themselves on the line but they don't respect so I've got an open mind about that
8: and but, the, okay. the Fifth Amendment
0: one. thing, we got to wrap it up. Go.
8: Yep. Okay, Jeff Sessions, I I am so oh, – I'm over the moon about that one. All right,
0: so you are super-duper conservative. The thing – you know, I just I have to I, – I really ca- – I, I don't care who's in place if they really respect the Constitution. And I do not think there should That's, be, like, pot laws that, at the federal level.
8: Okay, let's bring that back to the Fifth Amendment yeah. thing. We've got to understand that when Donald Trump is speaking – One, his words, I do agree, can be open to interpretation in a few different ways. Uh, So it remains to be seen what he's going to do. But the Supreme Court has defined multiple things, including the Fifth Amendment, as to what it means now. And the Supreme Court has said a more strict interpretation. if If you're not in jail, then you're not necessarily being impeded. It's, it's more, it's more loose than that. But the whole thing of the, whole, the no-fly list and the watch lists—they um, are impeding liberty. I agree with you 100%. They're a slippery slope, but they do not restrict liberty. They have not prevented the person from doing their original intent. If you
0: can't buy a gun, the only liberty that really matters—that's
8: that, the issue, though. <laughs> That has not been restricted. I mean,
0: it is not within the purview, in my opinion, that no government can take away your gun rights unless you have abused the right. You're one hundred
8: percent right. Forfeited the right. You have one hundred percent right, but that has never passed. That is that was threatened.
0: But you can't deny, about. you cannot deny that these things it, are a march. Yeah, They're going to
8: buy a gun. You can buy a gun if you're on the watch list now. That was threatened under Obama six months ago. But it never came to fruition.
0: But I feel like, honestly, David, that the watch lists and the fly lists are just stepping stones to a broadening of this pre-crime idea.
8: They are a slippery slope. And what would encourage me greatly is if somebody brought it to Obama and the Congress's attention that, hey, you've got these things that are restricting liberty. There needs to be a way to undo the damage. And if that came about... I should think you would be very, very favorably inclined towards uh, Mr. Trump or President Trump. Because, yeah. you know, if somebody notices that and he actually does something about it or allows something to be done about it, then you got to know that his heart is at least in the right place. He's well, not- I
0: think I think sorry, David, I do believe that the number one. My approach to the Constitution is never going to be, what does it mean now? It absolutely – I have my doubts about the possibility of a just government with the kind of coercive power that, our, that has been given to our government. And that's why I became an anarcho-capitalist. I feel like we're past the point of no return, that they have too much power. Their information technology, all of that, drones, stuff like that, we can't get this power back. But if there ever were to be a position that I could accept the coercive monopoly power of government, I think the American experiment was it. They it, it took the perfect opportunity, which was uh, – A clean slate. I will talk about the American Indians and the colonization issue separately. But in their minds, it was a clean slate during the age of enlightenment. It was an opportunity to put into practice the the concept that a government could protect your liberty by helping you exercise your right of self-defense. That's it. So I will not accept any encroachment on that, if only because it encourages bad behavior by the government. It sets up a conflict of interest where they want to put us in danger so they can get more and more. I can't accept it, but I did absolutely love the call, David. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to have time for another call after the break, or you could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: The best thing, in my opinion, that Trump could do would be, at this point, to put Judge Napolitano in the Supreme Court. I think even if he didn't win... If he voted against the majority every single time, he could put into the record what the Constitution means now, which I think is what it meant all along and always should mean. It is going to be windy and colder on Monday. Maybe some rain, high of 53 forecast for the work week to begin, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So I am going to give Alan the last word. Make it quick. You are on the air.
6: I think this is completely hilarious. You've got a guy who's never had any political experience, get elected, without taking money from other people, without taking favors from other people, and it is scaring Washington to death. They don't have any control over him. They have no influence. He's going to do what he wants to do. And what he thinks is best. Why not give the guy 100 days or six months to try and correct some of the problems? I mean, if you were taking over a corporation, they wouldn't expect anything from him for six months. But this is just hilarious. I mean, these people who are protesting anything, the only thing they're doing is making America look bad. They're making them look like a third world country. I actually the think they're arranged
0: deliberately to be broadcast, those protests, to be broadcast to other countries. Because yesterday... CNN and Fox showed the inauguration. BBC just showed the protest. So I have a feeling this is to get people in line and not vote for the evil socialists or nationalists, I mean, when Angela Merkel in Germany is up for re-election and the other guys in France and the Netherlands. Anyway, thanks for the last word, Alan. There's so much more to say. So if you want to continue this conversation, hear our podcast. Go to daily.com And... Uh, Binkley, what should they do? How can they subscribe? you got five seconds. Click
1: on the Apple and go to iTunes and subscribe and tell your friends.
0: And that'll help us. So next week, Sunday 1 to 3. In the meanwhile, for podcasts, PropagandaReportDaily.com, this is Monica Perez.